morning. It is morning huddle time. A sense of belonging in a company actually increases job performance by 56%. It's like a lot of times all of that 3D data is there. They've done the work. They've done the engineering. They've done the slopes. They've done all the 3D polylines are already in their file. There's just a huge disconnect between what they do and the builders right now. 13,000 available unfilled construction jobs in this country, 11 million available unfilled jobs overall in this country. One of the great culture things I see in construction is people just get it done. At the end of the day, we've built 100% of the building. There's no 80-20 rule. Think of the technology that has been that has been brought into existence in the last 60 years, and you think of the productivity gains that have, say, occurred in agriculture, which is up 1,750%. Our manufacturing, which is up 400%, and construction is flat to negative. This was always supposed to just be a six-episode mini-series. <laughs> Stacey, I want to remind you of that. Good morning. It's morning huddle time. Chad Prinky here, as always, along with my good friend, producer, co-host extraordinaire, Stacey. how are you doing this morning? But I'm doing great. Awesome. It's back to school week, so it's pretty stressful. It was my son's second, or I guess third day, because they had a staggered start last week, and he did not want to go back. So, oh. and then you have my dog crying for him in the background. <laughs> oh. What's what 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 grade? What grade for your son? He's in kindergarten, so it's a big change. This is the big one, yeah. Like yeah. starts to be school, school. Yeah. How about oh your kids? God. Do they have a good start? Yeah, so so far so good. Yesterday was my oldest first day in sixth grade, and he uh, was you know terrified, and and he was oh. like, "I'm so scared." I was like, "You should be, man. It's terrifying. I don't, I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> that is a tough age. Yeah. Like... yeah, sixth grade is sixth grade can be a lot, you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so his first day so far so good. Though he did come home and was like. Listen, Dad. Kids are swearing. I'm not real comfortable with it. And I'm like, yeah, you're gonna have to roll with that. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, get corrupted this year. <laughs> yeah, like it's what happens. All the kids are terrible. I know, and I'm sorry. Oh, I should have really? expected much more bad language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, anyway. So, well, cool. So I, I, I've got um, uh, we've got Dave Rosenbluth joining us. Dave, I'm gonna pop Dave up here on the screen. Dave, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great to be here. How are you guys doing? Doing good. It's good to have you. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks. Pleasure. Pleasure. A middle school is a nightmare, by the way. <laughs> As somebody who lived through it already, my, my children are all adults. Um, I really didn't like my sons when they were in middle school. It was obnoxious, to say the least. So There's just a lot on. of hold trying. On. There's a lot of trying to be cool yeah. in middle school, right? Like there's a lot of trying and you're like, and you're just constantly changing hats. Like, should I be a jerk today or should I be like a jock or should I be like, how should I play it? Right. You know, today there's lots of, there's lots of fitting in and all that kind of stuff that goes on. I, I grew up, uh, I went to uh, nine schools uh, in different areas. Yeah. I wasn't like just getting kicked out of schools. We were moving. Uh, but <laughs> I went to nine schools from the time I was in fifth grade to the time I graduated high school. And I swear every time I moved somewhere new, I was like, all right, what are we going to do here? Uh, maybe, maybe here we'll, we'll, uh, try on this persona, uh, whatever, whatever it took to fit in. And, and, uh, and there's a reason I think my, my, uh, my mother and I 
basically didn't talk my, my entire time from being like 14 to 17. Those were tough years for her. Yeah, it's a trying time. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for the best out here. He got on the bus this morning and seemed to want to. So that was a good look. Yeah. Um, uh, so Dave is the national sales manager with market share brands, uh, utility proware. And Dave is joining us to talk to us today about PPE design for women and, uh, and it's stuff that Dave has been working on for years. And it's a different take on some of the conversations that we've had on this in the past, where we've had women who have designed these clothes, uh, who have, um, you know, people like, um, oh gosh, Stacy, help me out. Emily, uh, uh, Solaby, is that right? Yep. Juno Jones. Yep. Right. You know her. Okay. Yeah, I know cool. her well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, 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 and others and Morgan Dawson, I want to yep. say, yeah. and. Um, gosh, and I'm trying to remember, there was one other woman who was on and talking about it and it was, a uh, help me out, please come yeah, back. Catherine, but yeah, she doesn't have a woman's necessarily PP line, but she supports women and has her own podcast. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Catherine. And what was her last name again? Oh, don't make me pronounce it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Catherine, the awesome person with a, with a cool podcast. Go back so like 40 something. She's back. Anyway, but we had some women on talking about designing it. And, and, and today we're going to be talking about, uh, Dave, kind of where you fit into the um, uh, value chain, if you will, in that in that space. And um, maybe tell a little bit of, about your background and uh, how you got into doing this, what all you do and where uh, women's PPE fits in. And I think the conversation I'm, I'm most interested in having uh, with you is kind of like the state of, of you know, women's workwear in the industry and, and what the industry needs to be doing now to move that ball forward. So yeah. um, as always, Stacey, we'll uh, uh, have you uh, uh, you know engage with the LinkedIn audience and uh, pop you back on with about 10 minutes to go. All right. Uh, all right. So Dave, uh, start off by talking a little bit about what, you know, give us your background. Uh, so um, story. I've been uh, with Market Share Brands, which is a uh, umbrella company that uh, creates uh, several brands. Uh, two of them are uh, more in the um, uh, consumer area, uh, high-end women's raincoats, and another is uh, little girls' dresses. Um, and the third is the workwear division, which is Utility Pro, which concentrated mostly on high-visibility ANSI apparel. Um, and that's been a, a going concern for close to 20 years. I've been with the company for about 13 now. And uh, originally, like many, we were a male-only um, apparel maker uh, in in the high visibility space, and um, at a trade show probably about ten years ago now, uh, women from Harley Davidson, from one of their uh, manufacturing facilities, came up to us and said to us that we needed to make female, you know, designed uh, for their bodies uh, PPE. Uh, because they explained that on the production line, they're wearing a male, let's say, a vest. And these bikes come by, obviously there's things sticking out, there's assistive technology and robotics moving around and their ill-fitting clothing presented a hazard because it was getting caught up in the equipment and the bikes as they came by. Mm -hmm. A woman described it to me and basically said, I, I might as well be in the dark wearing black because that's how unsafe I feel. 
Wow. So that that's what piqued our interest. Um, the idea that um, there are women already out there, and of course, think about it 10 years ago, so that's uh, an even smaller population, but there are women in male, predominantly male-dominated fields, and they're unprotected, and they're not working right. They're, they're not protected properly. So we started to dig in, and, and we developed a line that has since grown. At the time, I think we had uh, four pieces. We had a vest uh, and, a, and three different outerwear pieces to go with it. And now we're up to nine with a couple more coming. And basically, uh, we did the research and talked to people uh, about how to design it. You know, there's narrower shoulders, but there's issues at the hip. Uh, and just torso length is different. So as you have probably had conversations with other, other people that design women's PB, they've pointed out some of these differences. So like when you see pictures on LinkedIn of women at a job site, you can tell the women that are wearing male pieces and the women that are wearing designed for female, especially in length and also in, I'll call it girth, the idea, you know, they're, they're too baggy, you know, if it's a male piece. Yeah. So that's what's got us started. And of course, in the ensuing years, with the way things are in construction, especially, and the amount of women that are, are, are moving into those fields to fill some of the job gaps, that population is starting to, uh, to grow. It represents in the trades of, I think it's about 13% of the total work population now is female. Yep. And, and here's a stat to think about, and uh, I'm sure it's been, you might've discussed it, but you know, over 70% of the people currently working in the trades are 45 or older, okay? That's a whole lot of people that just from a pure physical standpoint might not be around 10 years from now doing the jobs, okay? Someone's got to fill all those, all, all those slots. And, and a lot of women are jumping in already, whether it's in the trades or it's in, uh, uh, you know, site supervision or safety supervision, things like that. So that it's a it's a slowly emerging um, field, uh, and with their own unique set of needs. Yeah, and 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 you know we've we've agreed, and we've certainly spent a lot of time uh, on the morning huddle talking with people who are helping to uh, spread the word and get more women engaged in the uh, construction industry. And um, it, it's uh, I, I would say you know, really strong movement at this point. I, there's, I, I would anticipate 10 years from now that that 13% could be, you know, well into the twenties, if not more, uh, you know, over the next, over the next 10, 15, 20 years, this it's, it's going to increase. And, and um, you know, it, it's only reasonable that, uh, that, that the manufacturers of safety wear and work wear should be, thinking about this uh, emerging and grow and consistently growing portion of the workforce. But, you know, here we are. And one of the things that jumped out to me in our, in our conversation leading up to this, Dave, was that you had said, you know, we, if we were having this conversation five years ago, it would be different than the conversation that we're having today. And I thought that was a really interesting you know it was kind of a cliffhanger for me i want to i want to understand that uh further so so you tell me like what's the where are we today what's the landscape of of um you know women's ppe today so, in comparison to five years ago or 10 years so, ago? so five years ago it would have been 
where where is the product? Who is why isn't somebody making the product? And okay. people and people like the folks that we've named and and your company and others have stepped up to say, here's some product. And, right. And, exactly. And design product. Right. So now there is product. There are, you know, boots, glasses, um, you know, uh, hard hats and, and all kinds of clothing. Okay. You know, specialty clothing, FR, non-FR, high-vis, uh, plain old workwear, et cetera. It's not a question anymore, I think, of uh of that. A lot of uh, entrepreneurs have gotten in and done that. The issue now is the supply chain. And yep. the issue is, is, is putting the, the, the companies, construction company XYZ, knowing that they can get the products from Utility Pro or from, you know, uh, Dawson or whoever, whoever the, uh, the company is. Because, you know, we, we're in a situation in the safety world that, it, it, that we're dominated by uh, really large multinational dis distribution companies. And um, many of those companies uh, look at things, uh, you know, they have a, a formula as to when they decide they're going to carry items. When I mean carry, I mean stock. Yeah. They're not going to have a problem stocking some male bomber jacket because they know that of the 13 million people in the trades, 10 million of them are men. Okay. You know, or more. Um, but they're not necessarily stocking female designed um, clothing and PPE. And so construction company Acme, the buyer goes to big distributor X and says, okay, I got to get those bomber jackets. I need 75 bomber jackets and I need my eyeglasses and I need this, that, and the other. He puts together himself a nice order and he gets it all at a special discount from distributor X. But distributor X isn't carrying the female um, clothing and PPE. Hmm. So what does the company XYZ do? They buy male smalls or extra smalls. Right. Say, they do what they, they do what they've been doing for the past, you know, 50 years. Exactly. Uh, and 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 they don't actually here's all this wonderful, you know, custom product that's been designed for these workers that were 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 not getting into the companies who are placing the orders because as they place the orders, these things are not they're not readily available. Exactly. So what what a lot of us uh, you know, are frustrated by all that, obviously. Um, and, and I get some of the thinking behind some of these, uh, uh, you know, international distributors. I'll just leave it at that. You know, they, uh, they have to make decisions on stocking all the time. And, they, you know, they got a, uh, it's, it's a huge dollar investment for them overall with the amount of things they do stock. Um, and they look at that number and say, it's just not worthy right now. Um, you know, at this point in time. Well, here's here's the thing. This is it seems to me like the real the real uh, pain in the ass about this the whole 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 thing is that what makes it so difficult to make the change is that at the end of the day they're ordering PPE for women. They're just ordering men's PPE for women, right? And so they're not losing sales, right? At the end of the day, they're still making business. They're, they're still making sales. So they're kind of shrugging their shoulders thinking, well, screw it. It's working for us. And I realize that there's probably better product out there for these people, but it's not like they're not buying it. And it's, 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 and so at the end of the day, 
you know, how the only way I think there's only two ways, right? There are three ways. Let's go with three. There's only three ways to actually influence change. One is to get the long arm of the government involved. Let's mutually agree. Let's try to avoid that one. <laughs> let's try that one, right? Um, <laughs> two uh, is that we let the market just kind of sort itself out naturally. And in this case, I, I think I just pointed it the reason that's not going to happen. The market isn't going to just sort itself out naturally. So number three is you gotta you gotta go around and stomp, and you gotta and you gotta you gotta say we're pissed off, and you have to fix this, yeah. even though we're ordering men's smalls. That's not what we should be doing, and uh, and we need to stop that now. And you gotta and you gotta uh, you know maybe not you. I'm not calling on you, Dave, to publicly shame these multinational corporations that happen to also be your customers, right? But but people need to. I think that's an important aspect of this is that people need to be banging on the doors of the companies of this ilk and and saying just because we are buying your men's smalls for our women doesn't mean we should be. That's true. And, you know, and and you you have an issue here. Also, think of the individual woman who is a tradesperson working on the job site. She might be two women in a crew of 50 from any particular company. The last thing that woman wants to do is to make herself stand out more than she already does in terms of the job politics, a woman in a male world. Um, they don't want to be considered that, and pardon my language, that bitch on the job. Right. Um, you know, all those things. Yeah, so they don't want to, they don't want to carry the unfair connotations that come with just like, you know, standing up for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So all that plays into it too. So you don't have, many many of the women going as individuals to their buyer and saying hey i need these boots here and i need this vest here you know and these gloves that's what works for me now about the only thing that i will say where government may help us is the recent osha statement uh that came out regarding uh the support of the uh, you know the the equity piece the idea that People, from a pure safety point of view, fit means a lot. Now, how that will translate into a regulation, uh, I don't really know. And as we all know, for the most part, OSHA and ANSI is a voluntary exercise. Um, and so we all know that there are times and places and people and companies that will uh, not exactly follow those uh, voluntary suggestions. Um, so it remains to be Sometimes seen. You can press, yeah. Right. But I think that there are, you talk about raising the awareness, getting angry. There's a lot of organizations out there now in support of women, whether it's Association of Women in Construction, Women in the Trades, Roofing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been calling for the idea that on some level, all these organizations have very similar goals advocating for women in their respective fields, but they're all running down parallel train tracks that are not meeting at a crossroads where common goals can be uh, brought together between all the organizations. And then you have more muscle because you've got power in numbers. Any one of the groups might be considered to some small or inconsequential, but when you put all these women's advocacy groups together, it's a serious number. Yeah. And, and I think there's commonality there between them all that could help push this thing forward and get a better acceptance out there in the world. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and I may have tilted my hand a little bit and, 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 and I, 
the audience may have gotten their first peek at my at my uh, political positioning <laughs> in my previous statement, but but I but I would you know in in that I I'm just how about this I'm just pro free market combined with people advocating and pushing things forward. I I would love if we could move this forward without creating a law. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and, you know what I mean? I just I just think that's a healthier. I think it's a healthier thing for for our economy overall. But I'm also in agreement that when when the markets fail to act, that 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 is the reason we have government. So yeah, it, we we can't have a large portion of the population unsafe because corporations are unwilling to make a decision that they think isn't in their best financial interest. We can't have large portions of people unsafe as a result. So I understand that position as well, and and uh, and I hope I hope that the that that the market is listening to these advocates, the women's associations, things like that. But I also think it's what we're doing right now is got to be a piece of the puzzle too, because quite frankly, uh, my bet is that the purchasing people and the and the or you know that unless the customers of these large distribution companies unless the customers start banging the table and saying this is bs you need to provide us with these options or we are switching providers right. and 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 you know really start you know hitting them in the wallet when they can start doing the math and say well we were we, it, it was fine when we were still sell, selling the men smalls to these people uh, we didn't care because they kept on buying, but now they're threatening to pull the business altogether. We don't want to lose this multi, you know, thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar, whatever, two million dollar account because uh, they're unhappy with with our options. We'd better listen to our customers and react. So, folks, if you're one of those people and you're watching this or listening to this right now, take the lead. And I think there's an opportunity. From a from a, a capitalizing on the market, from what you're hearing from Dave right now, why don't we? You know, why doesn't somebody? Why doesn't one of these companies jump on the idea that we're actually going to brand on that? We're going to capture market share with it well, because exactly. there's an opportunity to do that right now, um, yeah. and, and that consultation costs no money. And I think you're right. And I think the, one of the one of the reasons I would point to that is one, the misnomer that had been out there was that a lot of the uh, 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 female PPE was more expensive than male. In yeah. our case, that's not true. And I know in several other cases, it's not. So it's not going to cost anybody any more than it would for a male piece. And, um, you know, the other part of that is this whole idea that I do know this, having been to several uh, events, uh, we'll call them uh, PPE fashion shows. They've become kind of a popular thing at trade shows. And it, especially for uh, women and the different things that are available. And what happens is uh, women who, and, and I think we can all relate to this. When you find something that fits and you like, I don't know about you, but I buy four of them. Yeah. Right. Thing. You know, right. I, I, you know, four different colors, but I buy them because totally. I, I, I don't want to have to search for something. Well, women in PPE are the same way. They're incredibly loyal to the brands they find that work. And the, the, multinational distributor can take advantage of that by having those brands available to them and capture that audience. And you're first in and you're last out. Okay. That, that loyalty, that brand loyalty stays and that loyalty to that big distributor will stay. Yep. Um, so I, I think there's, um, 
you know, several factors at play that could work for people who decide that it's good business to do this. That's and, you, you just know, took words out of my mouth. It's good business. What right. I'm hearing is there are some compelling business reasons to do this. And, and, you know, you can, you can choose to keep the status quo right now. And, and you probably won't feel it in your, in your wallet for a while, but if one of your competitors shifts, you'll start to feel it. Exactly. Because exactly. I do think, I do think that, Here's what I here's what I believe is that the majority of companies in the construction industry are trying to be good places to work. They want to be good places to work for their employees and they want to they they are becoming more and more cognizant of the need to be more inclusive with things like you know, simple as this like PPE. Uh, why would that be an area to, to not be inclusive and, 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 you know, provide, uh, provide equity, uh, you know, uh, equitable opportunities. So no, I, go ahead, please. I, you know, as an example, uh, not to toot our own horn, but on our own website, we, we have our own brand ambassadors and yeah. they're just regular everyday folks in the field. These aren't like, you know, uh, TikTok stars or anything like that. Um, <laughs> you know, these are just regular tradespeople or safety officers who, um, we depict in their everyday lives at work in in our apparel and other and other safety goods as part of what they do for work, um, and you know, we do that with some companies as well. Uh, so that that's the key right there. It's it's to um, humanize this thing, personalize this thing, and bring it to a level where people say this isn't as hard as it's been made out to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Love it. Uh, I'm going to bring Stacy back, Stacy. Uh, I'm sure you've been listening and, and, uh, you know, listening to two dudes talk about P women's people. <laughs> Stacey, I did not think about the optics of that. I'm sorry. In I'm advance, sorry. That was embarrassing. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, no, not in advance. I'm sorry. Afterwards. It's embarrassing. There's nothing I can do about that now. Um, uh, Stacy. Uh, what, what kind of questions do we have for? Well, I have a couple comments as I'm hearing you talking. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I love how that you started out with the Harley Davidson story. I don't know if you've been to their manufacturing facility, but I got to tour it. It's out in New York, PA, and highly recommend that tour. It's amazing the things that they're doing. So, uh, the other thing you know, you were, uh, you noted on was the rise of, you know, women in construction and we're up to 13%. And I think a big part of that is NAWIC's push on social media. Um, they ran their first huge national um, social campaign and they were showing off all the women's workwear and all different topics. So I think that really helped. And a lot of people in this industry are so slow still to get on board with social media. And I think it's more of a generational thing. You know, the, there's older um, owners owning these businesses and they don't have time to be on social, but they're truly missing out on the conversations that we're having. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, so back to the social media, you were kind of talking about brand ambassadors. So I was curious, especially on Instagram, we find a huge following of skilled trades professionals that whether it's electricians, plumbers, carpenters, you name it, they, they kind of 
have a huge, they, they're influencers, I guess, of skilled trades and people are following them and they have large audiences. So is uh, women's work where, where not, maybe not just even women's, are you guys taking advantage of those influencers and brand ambassadors and how does that all work? Well, for us, we wanted it to be very organic. So in other words, like I said before, I wasn't looking for somebody who was going to say, oh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll wear your brand, but it's going to cost you thousands. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was looking for people who have already organically built these wonderful followings because they're inventive with their videos and they have a passion about their work. Um, and about, especially in the case of women, women in the, in those formerly male dominated jobs. So, um, what it's done for us from a commerce point of view is, it has directed more people to our retail website for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it has raised up the level of awareness of us as a brand, uh, partly because we don't do a lot of what you would call traditional advertising, whether it's in trade papers or on trade websites. Um, we do some trade shows and we rely on, we rely on manufacturers reps in the, their respective territories, but the brand ambassadors have a way of, uh, legitimizing everything because another woman who may be getting started sees one of our ambassadors, uh, an electrical apprentice or a, um, um, a safety officer, somebody like that, a certified safety professional um, and say, Hey, I've been interested in that. Let me go find out how to do this. And um, so it has had an effect Um I have spoken to people at trade shows and they say, oh, I remember seeing so-and-so in that video with that jacket. Can I see that jacket? That kind of a thing. So yeah. there is a direct cause and effect uh, to using, using real life folks in real life situations um, on Instagram, especially. No yeah, problem. I just, I was at the NAWIC <clears throat> women's or children's girls camp and one of the volunteers I was working with, she had these amazing like safety glasses on, they were called Vipers. And she was telling me all about the brand and how excited she was. And, you know, she wasn't a brand ambassador. She was just a huge fan. And I looked them up. They're pretty badass. Um, yeah. I, I really like those. And the whole marketing campaign around it is really, really cool. Is there um, some brands that you can specifically recommend for us women to go check out, especially if, you know, we are wearing men's clothing right now and we want to see what our options are? Sure. If you need high vis, you go to Utility Pro Wear. That's an easy one for me to say. Um, UtilityProWear.com. And um, uh, right now, in fact, if you use the word huddle for the code, you get 20% off anything on the site. Um, other brands in the boot area, there's uh, Xena Workwear um, and uh, Juno Jones. Uh, you guys know Emily. Uh, mm -hmm. In pants, there's uh, Dawson Workwear, there's um, Dovetail. Um, let's see what else there is. Uh, they also do some shirts and things like that. Uh, FR, there's Sentinel Safety. Uh, there's MHER. Uh, Melanie Adams does a great job with FR. Um, uh, there is Scoggles, which are um, design glasses for the female face, safety glasses. Uh, there are... Uh, and and I, I will say about all those I mentioned, those are single owner-owned passion projects. Each one of those companies yeah. has started and built, uh, which to me 
is more attractive than something that's uh, corporatized. As much yeah. as we, you know, as much as we need as many people as possible making and uh, putting these products out there, to me, it's more appealing that um, um, it's it's passion projects and. Um, uh, you know, those are just some of them. There's others I'm forgetting. And I apologize to those of you who I know, but I've uh, omitted you or, or forgotten a name here or there. But there, there are more than enough now out there. The trick is getting them through the channels uh, so that folks uh, can see them more readily. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so, oh, you talked about the discount code. It's 20% off if you mention the huddle. Is there an expiration date on that? Um, I no. think we have it through it's at least 60 days, probably a little more. Okay. Uh, so so they've got some time. So if they want to wait, you know, until it gets a little cooler and they get their eyes on a jacket, they've got a little bit of time uh, like, for that. Um, but uh, you never know with the weather. So, yeah. You know, where, where I am around here, it's supposed to hit 90 over the Labor Day weekend, so. And where are you at? I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Connecticut. Oh, okay. So, you know, but that's, you know, September, it, it always gets warm. But anyway, you know, so it's available for folks. Um, and um, I'm always available to answer any questions as well if anybody has them. So I'd be happy to help in any way, shape, or form. Thanks. We appreciate that. Thank Chad, you so any list? No, that's awesome. That's uh, I, Dave. Uh, again, Dave Rosenbluth from uh, Utility Proware, uh, utilityproware.com, discount code HUDDLE. Uh, definitely go and check that stuff out. It's really nice looking um, product. And uh, and we appreciate the conversation today, Dave. Uh, Dave, I think uh, I'm, I'm coming away from this planning to advise my clients to uh, start complaining to their uh, to, to their large multinational distribution companies uh, that they're buying all this stuff from today and uh, and 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 telling them you know listen you really got to get women's product uh, as a part of as a part of what you what you have that's a that's a, one small impact that I can make is start to spread that word it's not a hard, it's not a hard thing for anybody to do that's and right. uh, and I'm confident that everybody uh, that I work with is of that mind so uh that would that's be great and that, that's that's how it starts and 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 that's how it'll grow exactly. all right all right dave thanks again uh have a great uh, have a great day stacy you and i have some uh some cleanup to do yep great to talk with you both thanks yeah bye. thank bye. you bye-bye so uh so stacy we have a pretty big announcement to make that coming up starting in september we've got some ongoing sponsors I, 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 it's, it's been one of the more interesting experiences of my life going and talking to people and sort of saying like, Hey, uh, we both want the same thing, which is to spread the word. Uh, but for us to do that, the, the huddle needs to generate some revenue so we can advertise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so for the first time ever, we're actually going to be advertising, uh, and, uh, and trying to spread the word beyond just like, you know, putting on a good show and hopefully, you know, sending out invites and, <laughs> and hopefully show people yeah. show. So that's a little thin, just us two. So yeah, no, <laughs> kidding. no kidding. But, um, and, and as, as we recently identified you and I actually have other jobs, which is, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is a lot. Um, so, uh, I, I, I would like to call out 
that we've got um, Frisco Woodline, previously okay. GE Frisco, awesome, awesome people who uh, have a, a you know lumber supply company and uh, some custom uh, capabilities in house in terms of um, you know fabricating. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let them get into it more, uh, but but Frisco Woodline is going to be a sponsor, um, as is uh, Lawrence Law. Kate Lawrence and her team uh, of construction attorneys are uh, are sponsors, and uh, Katz Abosh uh, insurance. I'm sorry, a, a, a accounting firm, top uh, accounting firm in the uh, in the construction space in the Mid Atlantic. Uh, we're very happy to have uh, Katz Abosh also as a sponsor. There are two other pending sponsors that I, I sincerely hope we have uh, set up in time for uh, in time for a September launch, but we'll we'll weave them in when they're ready. Uh, yeah. But that's uh, that's one I I I important announcement. Stacy, anything to add on that? Um, next week we have Oscar joining us, returning guest to talk about his need to say app um, updates because AI has changed as we recently discussed in the last episode. So he'll keep us up to date with um, better translation between you know English to Spanish or just better communication overall on the job site using his app and how AI um, helps with that and safety and all that. Yeah, well, he, he the Latin American workforce that that entire I feel like Oscar's got a pretty good finger on the pulse of uh, of that world and has done some done some progressive things to uh, to create you know a safer environment for a population that I think we all care a lot about. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's um, that'll be an exciting conversation, and um, uh, I think. Other than that, just kind of uh, the normal reminder to please email us to be added to our weekly mailing list. The larger our mailing list gets, the you know easier and more consistent it is for us to have lots of people joining the the huddle. So uh, we sincerely hope that uh, that you'll help us to spread the word. Maybe tell a person if you're already on the list, forward along. Right? If you get the if you get the huddle newsletter, forward it along to a friend or two, and uh, and encourage them to come and check it out. Uh, just as Dave said, right? That's how this type of thing starts, and it's how it builds. Uh, and we appreciate all the effort uh, that uh, you know people make to be a part of our community, uh, and and you know contributing by joining as guests periodically as well. It's it's wonderful. So, um, Stacy, anything else? Nope, <clears throat> we're good to go. Um, good to go. All right, cool. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See ya. <laughs>